Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. New year, new podcast. If you love When in Romance, you are bound to love many of Book Riot's other podcasts. Check out Book Riot's newest podcast, Adaptation Nation, for discussions of adaptations both beloved and new. Subscribe to Red or Dead for updates on the world of mysteries and thrillers. Or download SFF Yeah for happenings and recommendations in sci-fi and fantasy. And don't forget Hey YA for excellent conversations about young adult lit. We've got a show for everyone. Just go to bookriot.com slash listen for a full list of all of our podcasts. Or simply type Book Riot into the search bar of your favorite podcatcher. It'll bring up the full stable, your TBR, and the podcast-shaped hole in your heart will be full. Happy listening! Hello, and welcome back to When in Romance, where we get to talk about all of the romance that we could ever talk about. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And we are recording episode 98 Woo! on Thursday, January 20th, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> we should have asked Jen to put in like a fun sound effect of you like echoing out the twos. <laughs> That is very exciting. And I feel like as much as I've been pretending it's legitimate to be excited about episode 100 since we were like episode 72, uh, <laughs> I feel like we're really getting close now, Jess. We are. We are. And we are trying to think of some fun ways to, well, that's a lie. We've thought of some fun ways. We are <laughs> trying to sort out some fun ways to make that episode 100 times the fun or at least more fun. Uh, <laughs> And some of those are uh, thinking a little bit about some of the books that we've talked about in the last 98. By that point, it'll be 100, you know, roughly 100. Let's round up uh, episodes mm -hmm. that you all have also really enjoyed, whether you found out about them or otherwise. We're not exactly sure how that's going to work yet. Just be thinking about it for now, and then we will sort that out. But for now, feel free to start, as many of us start reflecting on a new year, a new century, uh, a little bit before we reach the mark, feel free to start reflecting now on the first 100 episodes of Wet and Romance and, and where we might go in our next 100. Right, Jess? Absolutely. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we have an exciting announcement. Do, do, do. We are continuing with our When in Romance book club. That's right. Um, we are going to have four lovely conversations with input from you all about some books. And our first pick is Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belflor. And if we said your last name wrong because you're obviously listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. let us know. Or if you happen to know if there is an extra syllable, let us know. 
We are very excited about it. We're actually very excited about all four picks. And the only reason we're not announcing all four is because we have too many. Yes. Uh, (laughs) We're having a hard time narrowing it down. But this one was explicitly and specifically recommended and requested. So we're excited. I think think we're going to discuss on our March 7th episode, Jess. Did that end up working out? Yes, yes, we're going. That's that's perfect. March seventh right. is the day. So poke around, see where you can find a, a copy of Written in the Stars. We will link to one in the show notes. But yeah, hooray! Twenty twenty two. What episode will that be? That might actually be episode one hundred and one. Awesome. I mean, listen. Sometimes it all just comes together. <laughs> it just all comes together. Speaking of exciting things that are happening. The Swoon Awards are live. They're very fun, Just I feel like, th- so you all can vote. We'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, you can vote for semifinalists before January 28th. I can vote. Jess can vote. Whoever else wants to. Can, that, that's just the two of us. I That wasn't a very good <laughs> list buildup because it turns out there's just the two of us here. Jen, yes. our audio editor, can vote. That's three people. Mm-hmm. Anyone listening? But it seemed like a really fun group of semifinalists, a lot of which I thought we had talked about kind of last year. Yeah, there's definitely some that I know we talked about because I entered them in the nominations period. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's like it's such a broad array of categories and books and people. And yeah, I'm excited for what the finals will look like. And the thing that I feel like is a little bit of an extra help for some of us is that they put, I think, all of the covers of the books Mm -hmm. in the category so that if you're like, oh, I don't remember if this book was called The Duke of Such and Such or The Duke of So-and-So, you can look (laughs) and be like, oh, it was the yellow cover. The yellow (laughs) cover. So we will link for that and everyone can vote. It'll be great. And last but not least, before we do a, a quick ad spot, last housekeeping thing, you, this is very exciting. If you are a person who listens to When in Romance on Spotify, you can now rate and review us on Spotify, uh, which you can also do on Apple Podcasts. I think there are some other outlets, too. It really does help other folks find the show, and we always appreciate it. So if you are listening to us on Spotify... You can either hit pause right now, do it after, <laughs> do it while you are meditating on your favorite of the first hundred episodes of When in Romance, however, however it goes. But you have that option. We always appreciate it and we appreciate the feedback. So there it is. There it is. All right. So, Jess, before we get to our exciting full content mm-hmm. for episode 98, which is just two episodes away from 100. Would you like to do an end spot? I always do. So thank you to St. Martin's Griffin and Bad Luck Bridesmaid for sponsoring this episode. It's official. Zoe Marks is the cursed bridesmaid that no engagement can survive. Ten years, three empire waist dresses, and zero brides have walked down the aisle. After strike three, Zoe is left wondering if her own ambivalence towards marriage has rubbed off on those she loves. And when her building distrust of matrimony culminates in turning down a proposal from her perfect all-American boyfriend, Rylan Harper III, she and Rylan are both left heartbroken, leaving Zoe to wonder, what is it exactly about tying the knot that makes her want to run in the opposite direction? 
This is a celebration of complicated women and a power anthem to live your truth. So thank you once again to St. Martin's Griffin and Bad Luck Bridesmaid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Hooray! Hooray! And I'm just going to say already that I'm pretty sure that's Ampere Waste and not Empire, but I don't care. <gasps> really? Well, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> I actually had no idea. So we all learned a little something today. Yes, we did. <laughs> that's like the day I learned the difference between niche versus niche. Uh, I still use whichever I want, but... Yeah, I mean, go for it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of writing, this is a little <laughs> bit of a stretch, but... Listen, (laughs) sort of my signature from the first 98 episodes. So here we are. Here we are. Speaking of writing, Jess, one piece of advice that I would offer to anyone listening to this podcast is maybe don't believe everyone who tells you that they can ghostwrite your book because (laughs) they ghostwrote a book by Nora Roberts or Alicia Rye or Joanna Shoup. Like, (laughs) that might not be real. Might not be true. Uh, we're not going to link to anything for this in particular, because as Jess pointed out, there is no point in driving more traffic to this, but there, we didn't want to acknowledge there was a little bit of a, I don't know, kerfuffle even seems like an over-representation of what happened, but Uh there was, right? Like, like, there was um, shenanigans, I don't know. Some website went up where people were offering ghostwriting services. And part of the reason that I didn't want to actually mention it is because there is a fair amount of ghostwriting that goes on in some romance. It doesn't tend to be, I don't think, the the kinds of romance that we talk about, mostly Mm -hmm. because, I don't know, a lot of the authors who kind of work in those sorts of markets and that kind of like book publishing machine in a way, like the putting out a book every two weeks, Mm -hmm. doesn't tend to be the kinds of books that we're talking about. But it is a real thing. You know, we've, I think, talked about some authors on the podcast who their names are on the book, but it's not even a particularly secret secret that they don't do all of the writing. But Nora Roberts and Alicia Rye are not those authors. No, no, they're not. So so if anyone tells you that they are ghostwriting for Nora Roberts and that they can ghostwrite for you, uh, maybe... Use your best critical thinking lens. (laughs) And as Alicia Rye pointed out in her TikTok and Instagram video, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Alicia Rye comes from a legal background and is an attorney. Those people probably would have signed NDAs. They're probably not doing that ghostwriting. It's probably not real. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess that's, yeah, I guess my best advice there is if you see that one of your favorite authors or one of your most respected authors is ghostwriting... Just double check. Make sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess it's being ghostwritten. But either way. Yeah. So yeah. So that's our that's our tip for the week. Use your critical thinking hats all the time. All the time. Harlequin Plus, Jess, and a new topic is a whole thing. If I'm not mistaken, you tried it out. I did. So Harlequin has a new subscription service that they're offering anyone who wants to use it. It's you know, on par cost-wise with other subscription services. And it's very much for people who really like Harlequin. (laughs) I'm going to say that. And it has a bunch of perks. Like you get um, a changing library of eBooks that you can read from. You get either a collection of 
print books or ebooks that you, they send to you every month that are yours to keep. There are the Harlequin movies, although like the ones that I when I saw it, it was still like Christmas season and three of the four movies were on Netflix. So I don't know, like nothing that they nothing that they have is exclusive. Let's say. Yeah, that's interesting. And they have a few like little games that you can play on your phone or computer, which, you know, it's cute, but I mean, you can get games anywhere. So I'm not sure who their audience is, but it's it's useful to check out. You can do a seven day free trial. You can't get the books with a seven day free trial. You, you get your delivery of books after it's activated for the eighth day, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh but it's it's definitely an interesting concept for a single publisher to offer that kind of subscription service like that. Yeah, it's 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 varied in a way that I think is unique to what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz I think even with Harlequin we've seen, you know, x number of books per month or a few different things, but yeah, like the inclusion of movies and games and different things, it, it does make it kind of unique and I think I mean certainly we'll link to it in the show notes and you can get a sense for whether or not it is for you. But it's almost kind of, to me, it almost sounds a little bit like an evolution of the traditional Harlequin subscription. Like that's been a thing for a while. Mm -hmm. You just, it just used to be just books. And so now it almost seems like they're, they're moving in a new direction. Yeah, totally. Like I, there are still copies of categories that I've bought or borrowed from the library that still have that little slip in the middle that you pull out and mail back to get oh, your books. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're right. It's totally like the new version for people who have devices that they can also read on who might not want to spend four dollars for every single ebook that they're reading or even more some of them are a little more expensive um if you go on the harlequin website and do look at the individual ebook access especially if with people that might be like divesting from the big orange indeed i will tell you as soon as you mentioned that like pull out card it brought me back to the days of getting 13 cds for a penny (laughs) if you are of a certain generation you will know exactly what i'm talking about and if you are not there's no explanation that could really connect you to that um let me ask you one question just before i move on when they when you talk about games is one of the games wordle because i don't know what that is (laughs) and i don't necessarily need to know but i'm feeling like there are a lot of references to it and maybe i should is wordle part of harlequin plus if only. I feel like that would drive more traffic to it. All right. So no. But no, no. But we'll we'll talk about Wordle because All right. you, sh- you should join us. Offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your options uh, at, for this segment in the episode are either join Harlequin Plus or <laughs> DM Trisha an explanation of what Wordle is. That's where we are. <laughs> Uh, or if you're interested in doing neither of those things, perhaps you have a better use for your time. And perhaps it is the Book Riot Read Harder Challenge. Yes. I feel like that was a pretty good transition. That was a great transition. Best of the sure. episode so far. Yep. Here we are. <laughs> uh, just you had mentioned that it might be a good idea, as we have sometimes done in the past, to mention um, a couple of the books that we are thinking about from the romance genre that might fit the challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, Read Harder is obviously 
set up to help you broaden your horizons, but there's nothing that says you can't broaden your horizons in a genre that is familiar to you. Indeed. <laughs> and like, I think I explicitly said that one of my possible goals for 2022 was not only to um, poke around a little bit, and I, I'm certainly not going to complete the Read Harder Challenge. I know who I am. That's fine. <laughs> but I do think that there are some interesting ways to think about what I'm reading anyway. The genres that I tend to read are romance, nonfiction, you know, um, a little bit of other genre fiction. And it is kind of fun to think outside the box. And so there are a few things that I think relate to some of the books we've talked about. Uh, one of the challenges is related to reading a book with an aromantic I think it's aromantic or asexual main character, but mm -hmm. the one I was thinking of in that category is aromantic. And the book there, you will likely, if you've been a been listening for for over ninety episodes, you will probably not be shocked to hear that Syncopation by Anna Zabo jumped to mind for that challenge. It's a, I think it's fair to say it's erotic romance. There is. There's a lot of, of sexiness in this romance. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But Xavier, who is one of the main characters, is aromantic. And it, I think one of the reasons that this book always jumps to mind for me when I'm thinking and talking about aromantic romance is that I think a lot of people think that you can't have romance genre books that are featuring an aromantic character. And I think this book does a really good job of explaining why that's not true. Mm-hmm. I think Anna Zabo does a, a really incredible job of sort of teasing out the different challenges that, that come with that kind of relationship. But there are challenges with any relationship. And as an author, they're just really good at, you know, focusing in on some of the things that are really hard, but really get ignored by mm -hmm. other authors, and I think sometimes by other readers. And so if you are interested in kind of challenging yourself a little bit, it's also about a band. It's a series about a band. It's the first in the Twisted Wishes series. I love a band romance. So uh, mm -hmm. that is, if you are looking for a book um, that is a romance that features at least one character who is aromantic, I would mention Twisted Wishes to you, and specifically Syncopation. Absolutely. And I support this because Trisha and I have read all three. Oh, and so they're so good. They're so good. But one book that is going to broaden most readers' horizons, I'm going to say, is Say Jesus and Come to Me by Anne Allen Shockley, um, which is technically a genre romance, but it was written in the early 1980s and feels very much not of this time. It features a Black woman pastor who is also a lesbian and she kind of she's a road pastor and uses her very good looks and very charismatic preaching to um get women into bed so well <laughs> it's 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 a very interesting book and you can read that for your classic by a person of color because it is a classic in romance terms having been out longer than I've been alive. And I will say that there is some very period-specific anti-fatness and some colloquialisms that are not currently uh, very popular and some that are spelled in different ways than they would be spelled in a novel written today and that kind of thing. So I guess read it with care, but it's definitely worth picking up 
especially if you're looking to explore classic black lesbian romance. And also, you know it counts for the list because Jess is one of the podcast hosts for the Read Harder podcast. So (laughs) if she says it, you are good to go. I've made it so. (laughs) Indeed. So the other one that I'm going to recommend, I wanted to make sure that I had the wording on the Read Harder Challenge right. The fourth category listed on the Read Harder Challenge doesn't mean you can read them in whatever you know order you want. I'm just using it for reference. Is read a book in any genre by a person of color that's about joy and not trauma. And when I think about the least traumatic romances of honestly any author of any race that I would recommend to people... Rebecca Weatherspoon's So Sweet uh, and the Mm. whole Sugar Baby series jump to mind immediately. So in case you need a reminder, this series, actually, it's three books. They're, I think, more like novella length. They're relatively Mm -hmm. short. Uh, They are all about a young woman who is trying to figure out how to pay her bills. So she kind of joins this dating app where older men are – well, I shouldn't say older men. I don't remember if it's gender specific, but older people – trying to match up with younger people. It's a whole thing. You're like, you can read it. The book's not that long. No. But it turns out that Kayla, the main character, uh, matches up with Michael, who is the owner and creator of the site. So they fall in love. Even the dark moments in these books are like, I've started rating dark moments like on a one to five scale. And like, this one's like a two, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like if you closed all your blinds on a sunny day. Not your curtains, just your blinds. Just your blinds. Yeah, so it's not that dark. Like, all of the light is still coming in, really. It's just, like, muted. (laughs) That's how dark the dark moments in these books are. They really are very joyful. And as I was saying to Jess, I feel like the Michael, who is the main character, was not, if not not based on Keanu Reeves, was at least uh, once someone's made that suggestion to Rebecca Weatherspoon, she was very much on board. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that partnering is really all the joy that any of us need yes absolutely especially now keanu reeves with the hair and the mm-hmm. and the facial hair yeah. yeah and like a little bit yeah. of salt and pepper like mm-hmm. there's a photo of him and i only mentioned this because rebecca weatherspoon tweeted it out specifically in reference to michael from the series but he's like behind a podium in a tux like salt and pepper <laughs> beard and hair Ew. anyway we don't need to get we got hundreds of more episodes to get into the details the point is if you are looking for a story about uh, a person of color that is joyful you need look no further than so sweet by rebecca weatherspoon yes absolutely and i will quickly add because there are a million romances set in bookstores but not very many set post great war ah slippery creatures by kj charles which is the first in a trio of books about the same couple. So that is a little different from your usual romance fair. And like I said, the main character who has inherited a secondhand bookshop is a uh, World War I veteran. And there are shenanigans that ensue in the only the way that KJ Charles can do it. So that's all I'll leave you with because we don't want to go too long. But um, it's one of the ones that you could check out if you don't read historical fiction, or or his, if you don't read historical romance, if you haven't tried a KJ Charles book, 
if you just sort of want to explore where you haven't. I've explored it a lot of the places you just mentioned, and I still want to read that book. So <laughs> excellent. So it's good to know that I can do it and still meet one of the categories on the Read Harder Challenge. Huzzah. Huzzah. All right. Before we get to our last section of the show, let me tell you a little bit about Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover, sponsored by Amazon Publishing. After five years in prison for a tragic mistake, Kenna returns home, hoping to reunite with her young daughter. But just about everyone in her daughter's life is determined to shut Kenna out, no matter how hard she works to prove herself. The only person in her corner is local bar owner Ledger Ward. But as their friendship blossoms into romance, the risk of losing the trust of everyone important to them grows too. From number one New York Times bestselling author Colleen Hoover comes a heartbreaking yet hopeful novel. So it is worth noting that this is by Colleen Hoover, who is the author of several bestsellers and has won the Goodreads Choice Award for Best Romance multiple years in a row. If you have not read anything by Colleen Hoover, you have almost certainly heard of her. Reminders of Him is about one young mother's struggle to earn a place in her daughter's life while everyone else in her daughter's life is determined to shut her out. It's a poignant reminder that there is love and redemption after the darkest tragedy. So again, that is Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover. It is sponsored by Amazon Publishing. All right, Jess, I feel like you actually got a pretty specific request to talk a little bit about uh, sports books as we are moving into hopefully the not canceled 2022 Winter <laughs> Olympics? Yes, Lily in Edinburgh actually sent us a request for some recommendations for sports romances. And um, I, I sent out some along just, you know, by email, but I figured it would be great to come back to this because it's been a while since we've talked specifically about sports romance, I think, Trisha. It has. And I feel like even when we've talked about it before, we haven't talked a ton about what it is that makes sports romance unique. And I think I was actually reading Homecoming King by Penny Reed uh, over the holidays. It's a little bit of a holiday book, but you can kind of read it anytime. And one of the characters in that book is a football player. And I was thinking a little bit about what is it that makes a main character who is a professional athlete, I think is generally kind of what I was thinking about in this situation. What is mm -hmm. it that makes it a professional athlete, a different character than any other? I don't, I, do you have thoughts on that? You know, I've been trying to figure out why they stand out, even from the sort of famous fling style story where, People know who they are, whether they're a film star or in a rock band or whatever. And I think it's in part because the job itself is so different from anything else and how how it works in comparison to all of the people around them, including the people that they'll end up falling in love with in a romance, sort of makes certain beats hit a little differently. And I'm not sure how to define it. But it's it definitely it feels very different from even like a rock star or movie star kind of novel. Yeah, I think for me, it's two of the things that jump out immediately are the fact that it's, it, it's a time limited career. 
mm-hmm. in a way that others are not, right? So, like, you might have a romance of, you know, a, a person being kind of obsessed with or really focused on, and even in a healthy way, in their career. But it it's the kind of – most of us are in the kinds of careers where we can be focused on them and we can theoretically at least succeed for decades. If you mm-hmm. are a professional athlete, there – honestly, for – most cases, there is a time limit. And I think that makes a difference. I think there's also just a very clear metric, at least for the outside world, in what is success and failure, which creates a pressure. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, we always joke about the Hallmark holiday movies where a woman in a, you know, from a large urban area, like has a high power, high pressure job and leaves and goes and does you know, like sells Christmas trees or whatever, and then decides that they'd rather do that. Like, which is, you know, it's just like that sort of trope that we're all very familiar with. I feel like mm-hmm. with professional athletes, it's like, you know, I might have a good day at my job, you might have a good day at your job, I might have a bad day, you might have a bad day, but like, neither one of us, Jess, is probably going to win or lose the Super Bowl next month. Right. I feel like for as much as I try not to, you know, make any assumptions about anyone, I feel pretty confident that that is true for you and I. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like, I think that that I think the stakes in contemporary romance don't always feel as high as they sometimes do in other types of romance, you know, depending on kind of the circumstances. But I think sports romance is the kind of romance where the stakes can feel high, mm-hmm. even when it just is like, oh, my gosh, it's just your job. Like, it's just a thing, you know, those are two of the things both the um, time limited nature and the very specific stakes that kind of jumped out at me. Yeah. And maybe it's because I've been reading so much specifically gay romance in which at least one of the people is an athlete. There is that whole element of sort of this more conservative culture, even though Everywhere has the sort of weird balance of socially conservative and wildly liberal kind of feeling to it. But especially in like romances between men in which they both play a contact sport, in which they play with other men who share years with them and a locker room and like the weirdness with that and from the other people, not from yeah. Um, so that too, it like brings a different dynamic to the whole thing and makes stakes different to the characters, at least when it comes to actually being able to pursue a relationship. So like overall sports has that kind of element to it with the, the time and all of that and whether or not they have time to pursue a relationship or want to take their focus away from it or anything like that. But also specifically under the queer umbrella, like there's, there's also elements that make sports romance different from other romances. That is such a good point. And I, it's one that I hadn't really thought of, although it's interesting that so many of the sports romances that I've read are queer romances. And I will hop in uh, and mention that one of the books that I wanted to talk about that I've just started reading. So I, I that's like the the mini disclaimer, but I did read the first book in the series. Um, Unexpected Goals is the second Out on the Ice book series by Kelly Farmer. And I, so I'm like I said, I'm only like three chapters in, but I 
not only do I love this book, I love the concept of this book. So this mm. is a like Canadian goalie who played in some sort of international tournament. I don't think they've mentioned specifically that it's the Olympics yet, but she played as a Canadian. Maisie played against uh, American Jen, who has uh, – there's there was a little bit of a – it's like your very typical Canadian versus American. Like the American person was a very um, sort of cutthroat. And some people might think – you know, a little bit cheap with their hits or whatever. And now they're on the same, essentially, like, women's hockey league team in Boston. And there's this, all of this tension. But I just I love the concept of these two people who are on the same team. Like, you don't have a choice about that, right? Like, none of us really mm-hmm. have a choice about our coworkers. But you really don't have a choice if you're playing professional sports. And I think your point about queer romance having such an interesting and important place in sports romance, Jess, is really highlighted here because because so much of sports is is divided by gender. You can't have two teammates who are, you know, going from friends to lovers or enemies to lovers or whatever, if they're not on the same team. And these Mm -hmm. two people kind of get put on this same team despite the fact that they can't stand each other and there's all this media attention about their rivalry i i I mean it's an enemies to lovers which is not generally my thing but i am already like incredibly enraptured by this book it's again that's unexpected goals by kelly farmer and i think it it is a really good example of what you're talking about about how important and interesting queer romance is in sports books yeah, and then like it could come down to the sport, right? Like if you compare Aiming High, which is a climbing romance set at the Tokyo Olympics, written before, so it's set in an alternative world where the mm-hmm. Tokyo Olympics went as planned. Yeah. But climbing is a super socially liberal sport and there while there are some issues with like one of the guys not particularly being out. They're not afraid of like being ousted from their sport. Whereas if you look at something like Rachel Reed's Game Changer books, um, which are set in professional hockey, like the first book involves someone so afraid to come out that it almost destroys his relationship. But him coming out leads to other people in the next, in the following books making the quote unquote brave decision to actually be out while being a professional hockey player because I don't know, there's machismo in a contact sport where you're stuck on metal blades all day versus like the one where you have to have enough upper body strength and power to pull yourself up a wall. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's it's really interesting how how it breaks down. Yeah, and I will mention too, I know I've talked about it before, but His Convenient Husband by Robin Covington, I think is a really interesting example of not only a sports romance, but a queer sports romance mm-hmm. in that the two main characters are queer men. One is an NFL football player and the other is a ballet dancer, which Listen, I don't know a lot about sports. I don't know a lot about ballet, but I know that there are very few people who can do with their bodies what ballet dancers Mm. do. So to me, that is definitely a sport. And I think that's an interesting thing too, right? You have these two very different sports. You have Isaiah, who is 
one of the main characters in this book. He's an NFL football player. He has lost his husband and is raising their child by himself. Uh, he encounters Victor, who is a Russian ballet dancer who has been very outspoken against what is going on in Russia and the human rights violations and essentially needs to seek asylum because if he does not, he's very much in danger if he needs to return home. So they end up having a marriage of convenience, hence the title, his convenient <laughs> husband. Um, but I think... This is a really, as much as I've talked about this book, I feel like we haven't talked about it a lot in the capacity of it being a sports romance, where these mm -hmm. two people who are in very different sports, these two queer men who are trying to figure out, you know, Isaiah, who's the football player, is very much kind of private and quiet. And, and some of that is just his nature. It doesn't have anything to do with the sport, but some of it does. And he is, you know, suddenly married to a... Uh, someone who is much more outspoken in a lot of ways about not just human rights, but also queer rights and who they are and how they operate. And it's just a really interesting, um, I think, examination of what being in the spotlight in that way can mean for two people who are both athletes who are trying to also navigate a relationship. Mm -hmm. So again, that's um, His Convenient Husband by Robin Coventing. We will link to it in the show notes. And that whole like relationship as athletes thing is also something that is really interesting to look at. Like I recently read Unwritten Rules by Katie Casey. Um, and I will mention that Katie Casey and I are not only online mutuals, but have known each other since high school, which I found out recently. Aw, that's lovely. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, but Unwritten Rules is a baseball romance. It is a male-male romance, and both characters are catchers. So they meet at spring training and have, like, an immediate spark, but neither of them is doing anything about it because neither of them is out. So... <laughs> What happens is we get the story of then and now. We start out with now where obviously they are not together, but they might have been if we're, mm -hmm. if we're following. So then we get the then and we get to see their relationship progress until it doesn't anymore. And mm -hmm. what the thing is with this whole now and then thing is that the now Somebody has to fix it so that they can be together at the end. And is that going to be the work of the narrator, Zach, who is like so afraid and hyper vigilant about being out and has been for most of his life? No one knows that he's gay. No one in his family, none of his friends. Like, he's like very much alone yeah. until... Eugenio actually just like says screw it and makes a move. Mm -hmm. So like like there's all of this like that I talked about earlier about like being in a sport where it isn't common or encouraged. Although I have no idea if that's what it's really like in baseball because I don't know anything about the actual lives of all of these people. I just enjoy watching them swing bats and throw balls um, <laughs> <laughs> in their in their nice pants and their little hats, you know. So bringing in the element of the not 
completely homophobic, but not wildly socially liberal environment, like what yeah. might happen in in that kind of story. So, but the book is magical. It's a little long for a romance, like it's over a hundred thousand words, which is kind of long, but you need to know. So you just keep reading. We can handle it. We can do it. And also, I will say Unwritten Rules is probably the baseballiest baseball book that I have ever picked up in my life, which is cool. I learned a lot. Um, but I know that there are some people who like splashes of sport in their sport romance, not like a romance about sports. So just so you know. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Speaking of people who might like splashes of sport and people that we've known since high school, Nalini Singh and I, no, just kidding. We did not go to high school. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that would be super cool. Uh, but Nalini Singh, I'm pretty sure, lives in New Zealand. So yeah, we yeah. did not go to high school together. Although, again, if you want to be friends, Nalini Singh, just let me know. Uh, but <laughs> Nalini Singh, uh, most people are familiar um, with Nalini's work from the Psy Changeling series, but as we've talked about in previously in When in Romance, um, she's also done a variety of contemporary romances, mostly set in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. There is a series about a band, as discussed, that is one of my jams, but the series that kind of is connected to it, it would take way too much time for me to explain the connection, so I'm not going to, uh, but is the Hard Play series, uh, which is a family of essentially four or five very attractive men who are all brothers and also rugby players. The rugby itself plays a little bit of a role, but it's like in the way that Friday Night Lights was about football. Mm -hmm. That's how yeah. much this series is about rugby, which is to say, not a lot. <laughs> and you can read all of the books. You can just start with Love Hard, which is the one I'm going to talk about. You should know the first couple of chapters are very much about a wedding of two other characters, but they're really laying the groundwork for the relationship between Jake and Juliet, who are just, I'm recommending, believe it or not, in this episode, in this segment, two different enemies to lovers books. Oh which my is like, gosh. Not my, I know, right? <laughs> it took 98 episodes, but here we are. <laughs> um, but these are, uh, so Jake and Juliet were, Jake was the boyfriend of a, uh, a girl named Callie in high school, and Juliet was her best friend. And the two of them did not get along, but Callie <laughs> was sort of their central link. Um, and through some circumstances that become clear a little later on, very young, at the age of 18 or 19, Jake becomes a father, Callie becomes a mother, they have a little girl, and Callie, unfortunately, it has died before the book starts. Um, so if that's a thing that it, – it's a meningitis, I think, related death. So if that's a thing that is not for you, then you should know. Like, feel free to completely opt out. Mm -hmm. But it, when the book opens – uh, Jake and Juliet are both in their mid-20s. Um, Jake's daughter is, I think, like six or seven. And they it's, it's sort of like a enemies to lovers and second chance romance mm -hmm. where they both kind of start to understand why they weren't closer as teenagers, what happened to kind of drive all of them apart. Um, I don't want to get too far into the details because it is sort of part of the plot, but I really, really like the way that Nalini Singh writes family, whether she's writing it in her side Changeling series or writing it in these contemporary romances and just relationships and friendships. And I don't know, like I said, if, if it's one of those, like Jess was saying, if you want a sprinkle of sports, but really more just kind of the social dynamics of romance, 
I would I would check out Love Hard. And like I said, it's the third in a series, but you can read it independently. I actually just found out the other day that I hadn't read the second one. And I'm delighted. <laughs> and I just bought it. And I'll probably read it this weekend. So right. uh, anyway, so yeah, that's Love Hard by Lainey Singh. It is sort of a rugby romance. And one thing that Love Hard made me think about as you were talking about it is that it's a rugby romance, which is a relatively uncommon sport featured in romance in mm-hmm. sports romance. It's all football. It's all hockey. Uh-huh. There's some baseball. But you know what sport is so rarely seen in sports romance, especially curling? traditionally published? Is it curling? I wish. Oh. I really wish it was curling. I'm going to go find a curling romance because <laughs> now I want it. But surprisingly, not surprisingly, but you might be surprised if you know how common it is it's basketball and that is in part because traditional romance does not feature a lot of black athletes yep as their protagonists so one book that i have really enjoyed that is not traditionally published but written by one of my faves is Shots Not Taken by Nicole Falls. And she is actually co-writing this series with Alexandria House, I think. Oh, nice. And it's this basketball series set in Nashville. And in this one, you have uh, Nico. And I'm going to tell you, this is a splash of sport, but the splash is like a big cannonball at the beginning. Mm. So... (laughs) No, that's a good heads up. You're going to read a lot about sports at the beginning, but like, hold true. <laughs> so Nico is a basketball player for a professional team in Nashville. And he, his friend from back home visits and he has like a, a meal and an evening with his friend, his friend's girl and her friend who lives in Nashville. And her friend is Jade, who is a relatively popular black country singer in the local circuit. Um, So they have immediate chemistry, but neither of them is particularly looking for a relationship. And their friends are like, I am going to be with this person for a long time. Do not mess this up. If you're going to mess it up, just don't do it. So they go their separate ways instead of having any kind of hit it and quit it moment. But they come back together later because of a music related thing. So it is both a sports romance and a music romance. (gasps) And it's just, (laughs) they have some interesting banter slash arguing kind of things going. So it's not quite enemies to lovers, but it's like... Mm, hating the dating. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's call it that. Mm-hmm. And it's Nicole Falls, so it's really fun for me, at least. Like, I, I know we all have our preferences, but I love me a good Nicole Falls book. Yeah. And it's the first in a series that I think is kind of ongoing. Like, it's not all the time because everyone involved is writing a lot of different things, but there's a few that you could pick up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the more we talk about sports romance, the more I'm sort of astonished that Clear Eyes, Full Hearts was not, like, the subtitle of the romance sports genre, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, maybe 
yeah, I don't know. They're they're but you probably could like a more scandalous element to that, but I feel like clear heart clear eyes, full hearts, you know. It's very missed opportunity. It's very romancy. It yeah. is. It is. Sorry, Coach Taylor. We're taking yeah. it back. Yes. But that's for another day, for another episode. Did we miss anything, Jess? Is there anything else we need to cover before we close it out? I think let's pull out while we're ahead. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh pulling out while we're ahead is also <laughs> a subtitle <laughs> for the romance genre um <laughs> uh all right so many thanks as always to our wonderful audio editor jensink who is probably laughing pretty hard right about now um and that is good that's like the goal that's always the goal is to make jen happy and full of joy um yes. Please do let us know what you're thinking about, what you're reading about, if you have thoughts about the Swoon Awards, if you have thoughts about our book club, if you have thoughts about your our Read Harder recs. Um, Casey already sent some of theirs. If other folks have them, that's great. What your favorite sports books are. I don't even remember what else people want. we want people to tell us. Jess, maybe that's it. In the next couple of months or month and a half, I can't count, whatever, do send us your thoughts on uh, Written in the Stars. If yes. you have already read it, you can send them to us now. We'd love to hear. We would indeed. You can always, uh, like we said before, please do rate and review the show on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get the chance. We genuinely appreciate the feedback. And you can find us on email at wedandromance at bookriot.com. And on social media, I am mostly on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. And I am on Twitter at Jess is reading, all one word. And on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. And by the time we are back, Jess's book will have been published. I'm not going to go any more into it than that. Feel free to read to la- listen to last uh, episode to get more details, but we are very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think as Jess said, we will uh, we'll, we'll pull out while we're ahead. <laughs> and on that note, happy reading, everyone. Thank you.